Good evening. Great. So, I'd like to invite Andy, pa Andy Pastor, Andy Dollison, our worship pastor, to come forward and join me, um, which is fantastic. Now, some of you um, will know that, um, I've got too many things in my hand. Oh, you're sitting next to me, that's so sweet. Some of you will know, um, sadly, that... Try and make it as... Yeah. Try and make it as awkward as possible. Some of you will know that um, Andy, our lovely worship pastor, who has blessed us richly for the last nine and a half years, is um, moving to Austin, Texas. Uh, back to Austin, Texas. And um, we're all, I've got some tissues in case I well up, because I'm very sad about this. And um, I'm not, I don't really need them. I'm totally in touch. It's fine. Uh, so, but the thing is, um, one of the things that I've, I'm going to really miss about Andy is... About once every six months, he'll send me a text throwing out some theological curveball at me. And what, has been, what you've been brilliant at, one of the, you've been brilliant at lots of things, but one of the things is you don't take the status quo. You will throw it, you'll challenge stuff. You say, why do we do that? Why do we believe that? Why does that bit of the Bible actually say that? Does that really mean that? And you've thrown so many at me over the, over the years, and it's really got me thinking. And so we, we wanted... Lots of us wanted to hear your wisdom on worship before you go. We want to we milk this cow for all we can before he goes, which is just a couple of weeks. And um, so, so I didn't mean to say that. I don't know where that came from. So um, we, wanted, we wanted him to preach on worship, but he's, got, he's had a rather busy schedule in the last few weeks, like risk of asbestos in his house and stuff. So he didn't have time, which thankfully turned out not to be, which is fine. So um, we, he didn't have time to do a sermon, so, but we still want to have his wisdom. So I thought rather than have a sermon tonight, what we'd do is I'd, I'd ask him questions about worship and we'll hear from his wisdom. So um, let's just pray and then, then we'll crack on. Father, we thank you so much for Andy and, and Mal and the family and for all they have been to us over the last nine and a half years. And Father, we thank you for Andy's heart for worship and his wisdom and his understanding about worship and his love for you, Jesus. And so I pray that we would learn from him this evening. Would you speak through him as he answers these questions? And, and would we all be inspired by what he says and what you say through him this, this evening, Jesus? Amen. So, Andy. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, just before you start... When I was asking you questions, it wasn't because I'm wise and I was challenging you. It's because I wanted you to give me the answer to the questions that I was asking. That's true. But the, <laughs> the fact is, the question you asked me made me worry about the answer. So that's what's been so good about it. It's been rich, you see. Right, Andy, sure. first question. What's been the highlight of leading worship here at SML for the last nine and a half years? What's been the best thing, if you can? I mean, oh, there's been so many. I mean, I think the... The biggest one, um, well, this morning, actually, um, Andy Perry got very excited about a, a 90s worship song. And I don't know if you were here this morning, but he promised um, that he was going to sing it next week uh, in the morning. So, my, with me, oh. You never, you never actually said with, you, with him. No. This morning, you just said you would. So, it's a solo. <laughs> so, yeah, my highlight hasn't happened yet. Next week, next Sunday morning. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I think uh, 
like very often there's there's kind of micro moments where I meet Jesus when I'm when I'm worshiping and and there's not like a specific kind of massive thing that happened but just it's every time it's amazing just just experiencing the presence of God while I'm doing what I love doing and and you know hope well you know hopefully you guys are too and and I I think I see that sometimes and it's just so rewarding um we did um we did we've done a few worship nights where we kind of dive a little bit deeper and we spend the whole evening um just worshiping and and kind of seeking God and asking uh for his 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 words over us kind of leads into prayer and stuff and they've been massive highlights for me just um I think also, well, yeah, perhaps the biggest highlight for me, or the, the most special moment for me, um, some, I'm sure a few of you know, but some of you don't know, my wife was really ill um, uh, a few years ago now, three or four years ago. Um, it was a hard process for us, and I, I carried on leading worship for some of that time, and, and just meeting God in that um, depth of pain for me, and, and, and doing it with you guys, um, it was extremely powerful. God. Yeah. And you, you told me recently that, that during that time there was a particular song. Yeah. So do you want to share about what that particular song was and why, why it was so meaningful? Well, I'll sing it next week. So you guys just have to come next week and find out. <laughs> um, well, there was two, actually. It was Goodness of God was probably, I guess they just come out. It just so happened that they had kind of come onto the scene when everything went down with my wife and... Yeah, I probably sang them to death while we while we were going through that that and um, living hope. Yeah. Just the just the simple. Did we just sing that? Yeah, we yeah. did. <laughs> just the just the truth of the simple truth of of both those songs. Like they're not. Um, they are profound in their simplicity. Like the words are the the goodness of God is always faithful, and going through that pain, just singing that is, yeah. yeah. Great, thanks. Look, a little bit, slightly more technical, maybe. Why, um, why is singing so important in worship? Why don't, why, as a musician, why is singing so important? Why don't we simply read the psalms out and stand and just say the words? What is it about singing that happens? We've just finished with that song, "I Love You, Lord, and I Lift My Voice," which is about singing. Actually, yeah. it might not be about singing, but what, what is about singing? Why is that? What is it for you that makes that so significant? Um. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things. I think I, I, well, firstly, God exhorts us to, commands us to, um, and I always think God, we, we might not fully understand why, but God always has our interests at, at heart when he commands us to do something. Um, one day, I want to find out why God commanded us, well, in the Old Testament, not to eat shellfish, because there's, there's, in the Old Testament, one of the laws is don't eat shellfish. Why, <laughs> you know? So one day, one day I'll ask him, I'm sh- and I think there's like multiple layers of reasons, and I think it's the same with, with, with singing. Like I don't think it's explicitly said uh, in the Bible why, but he says it lots of times throughout the Psalms, and I think just from from my own experience, I think there's something about music that God gave us that um, has the ability to bypass our our mental hang-ups, our stuff that's going on, has the ability to tap into our emotions way quicker than, um, uh, well, I guess speaking personally, but 
I, I would say that a lot of ex people experience an ability to tap into their emotions a lot quicker than, than with other uh, forms of, of worship. Um, and, yeah. I'm sure I'll think of something else. No, Why, do you think? Why do you think? <laughs> I'm not the worship pastor, Andy. I don't... You have been. Well, that was <laughs> many years ago. But what, I mean, I, I agree with what you said. I think you've yeah. uh, summed up very wisely all the stuff. What do I think? I, I, think, mu I think music is it, it's, it's an absolute gift, and it, I think it does unlock something. And there's a, there was a famous quote. Is it Tozer who said, he who or she... He who sings, who, who sings prays twice. Is that, was that Tozer? I think it might be Tozer, theologian guy. Mm. And he's basically saying that, you know, we, when we say it with our words, that's one level, but then when we sing it, it's taking it to another level. And I yeah. think there's something about you, you're using your whole body as well. It's mm. not just your, your brain. There's something about immersing yourself in the music at that moment mm. that, for me, is, is so significant. Another thing I just thought of is, is I think God also designed us to be family and he designed the way that we uh the way that we worship to be family and i think music and singing is um definitely the easiest if not the i mean there are other ways but it's definitely the easiest way to do something corporately at the same time singing you know speaking uh praises to god with one voice saying the same thing and i think there's something really powerful about that um the, in ephesians somewhere it um paul says um uh, when you gather together, speak to one another with psalms and hymns and mm. spiritual songs. And I think there's something in, in that about when we sing together, something in the way that God's designed it, we encourage one another. And, and, and as we're magnifying him and lifting him up, we're simultaneously encouraging our own spirits by speaking to one another the truth of, of who God is. Mm. I agree. I'd also think, I've just thought of an answer, actually, which is quite good. Please. I also think that um, we're commanded to love the Lord our God with all our heart, all our soul, our mind, and our strength. And I think when you sing, you're engaging all of those things, yeah. whereas if you're just reading, you're not. So, so when we sing, I think we're engaging, we're definitely engaging our hearts because music touches our hearts, our very core of who we are emotionally. It's, we have, it's, it takes more effort, in a way, to sing. So there's a definite worshiping God with our strength, our bodies, our very being. And, um, and it's definitely the, the mind, because we're engaging our mind about the words we're singing, or should be anyway. So for me, there's a whole, for me, singing is a way of making sure we're ticking all those boxes of how mm. we should worship, I guess. Um, okay, let's move on. Are there, are there passages, the, the answer might be no, are there passages or characters in the Bible which have particularly inspired you or given you a deeper understanding of worship? Um, I... Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you want me to elaborate? Yeah. Is it a person or is it a, is it a, a I think story? my favorite, so my, um, I love the story of the um, lady uh, uh, who was, I'm not sure what it was, she, I think she was, I can't remember what the phrasing was, but I think the implication was that she was a prostitute and she, um, Jesus was having dinner around a Pharisee's house and this lady uh, came in and poured perfume on Jesus' feet. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a story that I keep going back to when I'm thinking about worship because uh, the boldness of 
the boldness of her, like, I can't imagine, from all I can tell from, from reading about that, I don't, I don't know what the reaction was from the Pharisees and presumably all his Pharisee mates in, in the room when this disgusting thing came in that they would have reviled with their religion and, and just what she would have been feeling with the boldness that she came in and uh, broke the most expensive thing she ever presumably had and poured it over Jesus' feet. I mean, it doesn't say anything, but I can imagine what they might, the Pharisees might have been saying to her or about her while she was doing that and just her total and utter single-mindedness just to um, pour, pour what she had out at her. Her, the, she knew there was something special about this person. I don't know if she knew that he was his, her savior at that point, but she knew that there was something that she had to do and she had to get there and pour that perfume on it. And so that always, it's really intimate as well. It's like intimacy and worship is, is a really important thing to me. Yeah. Um, I guess also um, my, my, my wife and I, we love our smells. We love our, we love our perfumes and our colognes. When I, when, I, when, I, um, when I got married to her, we went on honeymoon to Paris, and we walked around one of the massive shopping um, places just sampling all the perfumes. <laughs> <laughs> we loved it. It was amazing. All these amazing smells. We're quite snobby when it comes to smells. I have, you know. What's your favourite smell? Oh, mate, I've got so many. What do you wear? I wear Tom Ford ombre leather. Oh, nice. But I love a bit of Penhaligans as well. Class. Anyone else got any favourites? <laughs> any recommends? Um, no, but I think, so <laughs> there is a, my, my verse for my life that, that God gave me that, that is linked to that, as you'll see, is um, um, God, um, so thanks be to God uh, that in Christ he always leads us in triumphant procession spreading the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus everywhere, through us. Yeah. And to, to, to God, we are the aroma of Christ uh, to those who are saved and those who are perishing, to everyone. And so I, that's, the, that's my verse for my life. Um, it just, it, it gets me every time. What, what a privilege that not only, you know, did he die for us and restore us completely, but more than that, he's, we are now part of advancing his kingdom. And, and so this whole scent thing, you know, worship is offering up incense to heaven. Worship is intimacy. And you know when um, you hug your gran and she's got, you know, some perfume and, and you give her a big old hug to say thanks and then you walk around for the rest of the day smelling of potpourri or whatever, you know. <laughs> And I, I, think that's, I think that's the same, man. I think when we, when we get into the presence of Jesus, um, when, we, when we experience that intimacy in worship, we praise him and we, we agree with who, we, who he is and we get drawn into this intimate place of just surrender and adoration and bowing down before him. I kind of, this is not theological, this is my personal thing. I feel like we get so close to Jesus, the aroma of his presence is on us because we spend time with him. And then we walk out into the world and that aroma is on us. And it, it changes the atmosphere of the places that we go to. It changes people's hearts when they encounter Jesus through the way that, the way that we love. So. Yeah, that's brilliant. I, I mean, 
in theory, that should fill us with such confidence for tomorrow morning, shouldn't it? Nine o'clock in the office, nine o'clock in, in school or whatever you got tomorrow morning at nine o'clock. What confidence? You are the aroma of Jesus. And I think we, we don't have that confidence sometimes. I think that's, yeah. that's amazing. Just going back to something you said at the beginning there, you said about the boldness of the, of the woman who came into Jesus. Yeah. How do we worship? What does it mean to you for us to worship with boldness like she did? What does that look like? For me, I think I, um, I think worshiping with boldness is choosing to step in and worship when I don't feel, uh, when I feel like I'm a mess, when I feel like I'm a just dirty sinner, and I do not deserve to be standing up there or being in church worshiping. I think holding on to the truth of what God's told me about who I am requires a bit of boldness sometimes yeah. for me, a bit of courage to stand up and and speak the truth about who Jesus is, who God is, regardless, and, and knowing the truth of who I am in him. Um, I think that takes boldness and perseverance sometimes. Yeah. Would you say that's the hardest thing about leading worship? That sense where you have feel inadequate and feel yeah, unworthy? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think Choosing to push in when I'm, when I'm feeling hardened in my heart, you know, I, you know, everybody goes through that where they're not feeling that tenderness and that softness towards Jesus and that um, intimacy and that closeness. You know, life, life just goes in stages and we have ups and downs and sometimes it's, sometimes I don't feel like that, and I think making that choice, um, and I think also I, I, another thing that someone said that really got me is, you know, when we're in heaven, sickness and death is done, and we are going to, uh, th that, won't be a, that won't be there when we worship Jesus. So there's this, this thought of a sacrifice of praise uh, when we're here on earth and when we're experiencing pain and we're experiencing struggle and we're experiencing hardness of heart and make, being bold and making that choice to worship, to lift his name up in spite of how I'm feeling we're not going to get that chance again once we're there. This is our opportunity to offer this flavor of worship and this flavor of a sacrifice of praise uh, before we get to heaven. That's very profound. So what you're saying is this is the only chance we have to, to it's a privilege to bring a sacrifice of worship and we can only have that on earth. Yeah. Because, because when, we're in, when we're with Jesus, we won't, it won't be a sacrifice. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's good. <laughs> when you... Would you say... So that we, all, we all completely relate to what you've just said about the times where we don't feel like worshipping. Someone sat at the back row here this evening, if they come to church and don't feel like worshipping, has an absolute choice not to. They could, they could even walk out if they wanted to. Yeah. For you, as the worship pastor of, of this church, you've had to stand there has that been a hindrance? Has that helped with those times, being forced to do it because you're employed to do it? Or has that made it, <laughs> or has that made it harder? Is that, do you understand that? Sorry, I've yeah, no, I phrased that very well. But. I'm just aware that my boss is in the room. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's only your boss for another 10 days, That's so you're true, all right. Actually, yeah, what can you do? Fire me. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, oh, man, I don't know. 
Oh, God is so gracious. I think um, he always draws us back in. Yeah, I think it has helped me. I think it has, yeah. yeah. Because I'm here week in without. And I think there's something about um, when, you just, when, we, when we get together and we sing the truth of God, I think it's not just singing words. I think we agree with who God is and there's something about the agreement that we make with our mouths that moves down to our hearts. And I think we can't help but, uh, but, but when we're singing, when we make that choice, even if we don't feel like it, when we make that choice, that truth sinks down and, and the hardness or whatever it is that's going on can get softened by the Holy Spirit, yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely so, the truth sets you free, Jesus yeah. says. And so that's true. I think this is, this is a, one more question. Sure. Unless I think of other ones whilst you're answering. This is a biggie, okay? A whaty? A biggie. Okay. A big question. When you come back to visit SML in five years' time, if you come back to visit SML in five oh, years' yeah, time, what things, and you come to services across the day, what things about our worshipping life would you love to see that we're still doing, that, we, that we're doing at the moment, and what new things, fresh things, would you like, would you love to see us having adopted since you've gone? It's a big question. Yeah. Bless you. I guess this is about vision for worship, isn't it? Yeah. Which really is down to the next person that comes along. <laughs> um, man, I love, um, I love the breadth of worship that we have here. I come from a, from a vineyard background. Like I, I, grew up, um, I grew up Anglican with my folks over at the Lantern, and then I went to the vineyard. Um, which is a lot more contemporary um, and only contemporary. So what I love about here is the breadth of worship. So you go to the 845 and there's just some richness, not some, there's loads of richness to those, old, those good old hymns. And, um, and the liturgy is another kind of worship, you know. Um, and there's, there's so much history and depth and richness to that stuff. And I think the church is better for it, um, for having that... Um, breadth um, of styles and, and stuff. Um, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Go on. What, what, I mean, just as what a, are we not doing that you'd, love us to, that you'd love us to start doing in worship? Because oh, I mean, we don't want to sit still. Yeah. <laughs> Is that too difficult a question? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you want to answer it then? <laughs> Oh, would, you, would you like to see me on bass a bit more, a few more times? Yeah, sure. But that'd be good. Yeah. yeah, I know you miss me playing bass in the band. I, I love that there. I love that some of the young, young lads and lasses are coming up and yeah. and um, being involved in the band, um, and I would love to see more of that. I think Rob's doing an amazing job uh, with the youth, and he's he's encouraging, actively encouraging people to get stuck in with the worship team, and I think that's. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. So we've got a few guys on there. I'd love to see a lot more of that. Um, I, I, love, I love freedom in worship, so um, I love it when, when people don't listen to me and start singing their own song. Um, you know, I think there's, a lovely, there's just a lovely richness to that. It's great singing stuff together corporately, but then those moments of um, just like just now when Kate kind of 
left a little bit of space and then we, we went into a song that we hadn't practiced and there were a few people singing here and there. I think for me personally, there's, that's a moment where I can really sense the, the incense of worship and I feel there's like an intimate moment there where we're kind of waiting in God's presence. Um, so yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. If I was, if I was vicar, then... Uh, <laughs> You'd have more of that. Yeah, we'd have yeah, a couple yeah. hours of worship and... Yeah. <laughs> and. And no sermon, is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, <laughs> if, if the Holy Spirit led. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Has the, Holy, has, has the Holy Spirit ever told you to stop playing? Yep. Has he? Yeah, definitely. That was awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, what a wise guy. Let's give him a clap. That is brilliant. Fantastic. I, um, I, I think, um, for me, I was thinking about, um, about this the other day. Um, I don't know if, if you um, were at the carol service, and there's a guy called uh, James Shannon who plays guitar. And if you come to the carol service, he played a little solo. And um, I was thinking about, I was really struck by it that, that night when he played, um, because what you had in that moment was a guy who's supremely talented, doing what he's best at, doing what he's called to do, having worked really hard to, to get to that level, to serve the church, and to do it in a humble, godly way. And I looked at him that night, and I thought, I thought that, is, that is humanity in its best form. When we, get, when we get to glory, we will, all be, we will all be the best. But for me on earth, that was a picture of what, what we should all be trying, what, what God wants for all of us, doing what we're best at for his glory, to serve the church in a humble way, working hard at it, and just, just being in that moment. And um, I, I think, Andy, I'd just like to say to you that what I've loved about you is you've done that so many times. And, and I've, often, I've often joked with you because I said your right hand was brilliant today. And, and you always go, well, what's wrong with my left hand? But his right hand, sometimes when, when we're just in worship and musically, and Andy just does whatever he does with the right hand, and it's just like, whoa. And for me in that moment, there's a man who is gifted but has worked very hard, who is doing it for God's glory. He's doing it to serve his church. He's doing it with humility. And for me, there have been so many times where you have just been for me. That's, that's what it's about. That's what it should be about. And so I'm so grateful. Um, I'm sure next week we're going to pray for you properly and, um, and, and say goodbye properly. But thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. And it's really, really inspiring. Uh, we're going to go back to worship. So um, I'd like to invite the band up. And uh, I'm just going to stay sitting here because I'm quite chilled. Um, no, let's not. Let's stand together. And I'm going to pray and we're going to worship again for a little bit. Father, thank you that you are here by your Holy Spirit. And uh, we thank you for the wisdom we've just heard about. And, and I pray now that you'd pour your Holy Spirit onto us. And you'd release in us something deep inside in our souls that allows us to worship you in spirit and in truth. 
Would you bring freedom to us as we worship? Would you bring passion to our hearts as we worship you? Would you reveal your truth as we worship you? Would you bring your healing and your deliverance as we worship you? And would you be so close to us, Jesus, as we worship you now? Amen.